Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. We are moving along very, very good with the podcast. I'm happy. I'm happy with the feedback. I'm happy with the impact. I'm happy with the guests. As we speak right now, I got 20, 20 interviews that I have yet to release. So I'm starting to shoot them out daily to get you guys information, to get you guys knowledge, to get you guys where people have won, where people have lost, how they create confidence for themselves, how they handle their story. So I'm super excited to get you guys caught up. We have a lot of good guests in the works, and we're going to keep this machine going, the positivity machine. If you haven't yet, please like, please. I don't know if you can like a podcast. Please subscribe to the show. Please give a rating. Please leave your feedback. All that helps. Helps to continue spread the love. But even if you don't do that, I'm still going to continue to spread the love, but that would be helpful. On this episode, we have my business partner, as we call it in the influencer world. She's, of course, the director of marketing for Rawlings. Rawlings, the number one baseball brand in the world. Official glove, official baseball, official helmet of Major League Baseball. And when you think of Rawlings, you think of Major League Baseball. But not only that, they're involved in collegiate world, sponsoring Duke, Notre Dame, so many schools. And in the high school world, the Perfect Game is the official, Rawlings is the official sponsor of Perfect Game. So this conversation I liked a lot. She has a wealth of knowledge, grew up around baseball, big Cardinals fan. And I just get happy when I think of my relationship with Lindsay, how it's helped get the word out to families, to players about products. She's made it easy for me with her team to get information to as many players, parents of players that we can so we have great communication very honest very authentic in talking about rawlings products in talking about how they can help players and talking about some players might need this some players might need that so i really really appreciate her friendship and her guidance in this process this was my first ever influencer deal was with her so i value it a lot so without further delay here on the Coach HP Show, we welcome the Director of Marketing for Rawlings, Lindsay Neighbor. Let's go. Like, what are we going to do about this Cubano from the South? 
downtown in South Florida putting together the firm with the palm trees behind him. He's a monster. He's controlling the market. Boom, and we're live. What's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. Uh, just happy it's Friday. <laughs> dude, you're the you're the pride of St. Louis, the pride of St. Louis. We've hung out, we've hung, we've been together in New York, we've been mm -hmm. together in Tennessee. Uh, yep. What you've traveled a lot other than back home, any other places you like a lot? I really like the West Coast, um, California specifically. I have family out there. Um, baseball's being played, you know, year round. Um, so that's always a fun place to travel. And then Florida, pretty much for the same reasons. And, and spring training is always um, fun as a, a fan to go see. So, yeah, I would say those two places. Lindsay, you were born where? You were born there in St. Louis? Yeah, lifelong uh, St. Louis resident. Right now, with what's going on here, they had to put a they put the state of Florida in timeout because yeah. they let us out for a little bit and we went crazy. Yeah, what's the status over there now? What's going on with you guys? You know, it really depends if you're a county or a city resident, um, and it, it seems to be a little bit different depending on on where you you live. But um, most places are open. Um, I think they have social distancing measures in place. Everyone's requiring the masks. Um, you know, it's uh, a lot of people outside trying to get out of their houses and, and just enjoy the nice weather while we have it. Um, cause that's never a given in St. Louis. So yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. I, I was in my office today. Our office is closed. We're all working from home, but stopped by to get some stuff and it was a ghost town. It was just the weirdest feeling. So we're anxious to, to get back to a sense of normalcy. Lindsay, where's your favorite place, favorite pizza place in St. Louis? Come on, give it to me. Okay. All right. Well, you probably won't be a fan, but I would have to say Emo's. It's um, the the Provel uh, cheese. So uh -huh. not for everyone. I think I heard Barstool Sports refer to it as um, cheese on a cracker. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, as long as you know what you're getting into. And I remember we gave you some of that pizza. Oh, boy. No and, good. No good for me. You're not now, expecting it. <laughs> you were raised with that? Like, that's like your guys, like Pizza Hut or Domino's, that kind of style of food? Well, we pizza? have, you know, the, the chains and we have some deep dish places. But Emo's is really our staple. So if you mm -hmm. were um, coming to St. Louis for the first time, a lot of uh, celebrities or athletes that come here, they um, are just, they have to try it. It's just. Uh, like I said, a St. Louis staple. I know John Hamm, he is a um, St. Louis uh, graduate, so to speak, and he um, constantly brings it on talk shows and whatnot that he partakes in just to, um, you know, hype it. Nice. Who's the most famous St. Louis fan? Is he is he the one or is there like, isn't Billy Bob Thornton a St. Louis guy too? Yeah, and um, John Goodman, he's a, a St. Louis President Cheryl Crow, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt wasn't St. Louis, but he was Missouri, but we'll take him. Um, nice. so, Look at that. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people. Um, Jenna Fisher from The Office. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great people, and they all uh, do their part to, um, you know, speak to its greatness here. So, And then they come back, which is, is fantastic. Nice. Lindsay, let's go way back. So we were born in St. Louis. Childhood growing up, I know your dad was involved with the Cardinals. 
Sort of. Um, he worked for the other big company in town, Anheuser-Busch. So I like to tell people we're a beer and baseball family. Um, but, you know, he, he worked with the Cardinals um, through his job at Anheuser-Busch for 40 years. But um, we, all of us, my siblings and I were um, raised to be uh, loyal Cardinals fans. So pretty much the only time we'd be able to watch TV is if it was a Cardinals game. So that's really what bred my love of, of the sport. So from an early age, just became really comfortable with the sport. And it's funny because when I started at Rawlings, they, you know, assumed because I was female that I might be more comfortable on the softball side. We owned a softball brand at the time um, before it was Rawlings softball. But I said, no, absolutely feel more uh, comfortable on the baseball side of things just because that's what I know. So yeah, it started with the Cardinals. I still am a huge fan. Um, I, I, of course, follow all the other teams and support them just because we have endorsers on those teams. But um, I think I'll always have some um, affinity for the the Redbirds. Just beautiful. Just what I think has to be the top, for sure, top five most beautiful uniforms of of all time. Those, those I cards. agree. Yeah. Have that, you seen the baby blue ones from the 80s? I love that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's sick. For Sunday games. Yep, yep. 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 I love that. I love that. Yeah. Growing up, did you play softball? I did, but I wasn't very great at it. Um, I played, you know, a lot of different sports activities, but um, I think, you know, siblings, seeing them play uh, the sport, I it really wasn't my uh, strong suit, but um, as I mentioned, just following baseball from watching it as a fan to seeing my brother play, um, playing catch with my dad, talking gloves with my dad. Um, that's really where, where my love of the, the sport grew. High school. You're in high school now. Mm -hmm. You start thinking college. Mm -hmm. What was your mindset? What did you, in your brain, what was your dream? What did you imagine of doing? Yeah, great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. So, I think it stemmed from taking a journalism class. And, you know, back then it was more focused on newspaper writing. And again, my parents would always clip out news articles. I would read the paper after my parents got through with it. And a lot of it was sports articles. So um, slowly but surely, I think that seed was planted in my, my brain. So then I went to college for journalism at the University of Missouri. And while there, I obtained an internship in the athletic department, and that was more marketing-based. Um, but I really got my feet wet, and it was it was doing things at basketball games, halftime show, you know, putting the, the kids in the little plastic bubble to have races, you know, putting lottery tickets at, on the court and having people, you know, race to get them. So it was the, the halftime entertainment. But um, I was able to help put together a marketing plan for the Mizzou's baseball and softball team. So I, I really was able to get some experience and Rawlings, um, it, it ties back to the newspaper aspect. Um, I saw them advertising a job for a assistant marketing manager in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And I said, I know Rawlings really, really well as a national brand. I didn't know their world headquarters are based in St. Louis. And I said, what the heck? I'll, uh, I'll just, you know, try, put my name out there and um, see what happens. And the rest is history. So it was, Luckily, it was the first and only job I applied for. And I remember with the application, you had to answer a bunch of, a bunch of questions. And one of the questions was, how would you make Rawlings more 
appealing to a younger baseball player. We're and, always looking for younger, huh? Oh. Right, always <laughs> younger. So this was back in 2005 before we even had a custom glove builder. So I had put on there, you know, obviously I'm not a young baseball player. So who am I to assume? So I put on there, I spent some time talking to my cousin who was a young baseball player and I asked him some questions and you know, he said, I want to be able to pick my own glove out and still have it look like a pro glove, but with my own colors and name on it. So um, I remember putting that in my answer that, you know, Rawlings really needed to uh, get into customization. Um, not, you know, the only person to have ever said that, of course, but uh, that sticks out as, as a way to get my foot in the door just to try to be in front of that that trend. He's mentioned Rawlings. Okay, so let's say we're, we're in Rawlings now. So you are you get hired, which is super mm -hmm. exciting. Those first, you've been there for how long now? 15 years. 15 years. And you look yeah. like you just graduated oh, high school. You. Dude, you just like <laughs> so, look so young. So 15 years. Let's go the first year. First year. First year there. You're young. You're there. What was that like for you? What was that vibe? How did that feel? Intimidating. Um, it was, you know, a little scary working for this world-renowned brand that's been around for a long time. And everyone there, it, it's really, when you walk in, you'll know this, it's not a huge corporation. It's its really a small, uh, tight-knit family, if you will. So I think that part helped. But I was so afraid being my first job, you know, am I going to mess up? And do I know what I'm doing? Am I going to be taken seriously? You know, because all of these veterans have been part of the team for decades. And here I was 23 right out of college. What do I know? So luckily the people there, then the people there now have all been so wonderful and awesome. They, they know that you're a little nervous. So they, they bring you up and um, they mentor you and um, everyone wants to win as a team. So I was lucky to find several mentors um, <clears throat> within the company, some of which are still there, uh, but they were able to really show me the ropes and, and teach me about the industry. And from then on, um, you know, then the, the stock market crashed. Uh, we lost some people at the company. So I was, the saying is baptized by fire. They, you know, kind of threw me in and said, we got to figure this out. So I had a lot more responsibility. And ultimately, I think that's where I learned the most. You learn by making mistakes, as, as you've said before. So um, that I think in a roundabout way was a really good experience for me to have to figure things out on my own. Lindsay, were you always in marketing? No, I mean, I didn't even really know what marketing and advertising was until I um, got to college and, and took that internship. So um, I, I think I've always been interested in that, you know, it's just basically uh, sending the right message to the right audience at the right time. So I like that I get to be creative, but at the end of the day, it's really not that hard. It's, it's picking your audience and getting them what they need. So I like that it takes on many different forms, be it, you know, uh, digital, um, print, uh, multimedia. So uh, it could be PR. So it's never the same day twice, which is what keeps it interesting after 15 years. I, I totally agree. I love, by the way, I just posted it a while back, a couple, probably a couple of minutes ago, the new Rawlings uh, 2020 season one with uh, 
with Judge, with Bryce Harper, with a bunch yeah. of guys. That was really cool. That's really nice. Yeah, I think Tell we are about that. Talk ready. to me about that. How was that yeah, process? So it's, we have the best endorsers in the game, the best of the best that, you know, luckily choose Rawlings with their, their glove or helmet or ball of choice. And, you know, these guys, I'll use Aaron Judge or, or Bryce Harper, as you mentioned, they're being pulled in a million directions by a lot of their different um, sponsors. And Rawlings, we're, we're very small when you compare us to um, a Nike or an Adidas or a larger corporation. So trying to get on their schedule is very tough, not because they don't want to do it. In fact, they're very generous with their time and, and efforts with us, but it's just, it's difficult. So it's spring training. That's the best time to catch these guys. So luckily we were able to get a, a film crew and a photography uh, crew out there before everything shut down with COVID and get some footage of them making these great catches, um, you know, giving us some sound bites. And then of course we have a great editing team that can put that all together. So it, it, I was very pleased with, we had a bunch of videos, as you know, and I think uh, they all turned out really, really great. Um, I think now we're able to promote them again, given that um, the season hasn't started. So they've had a, an extended life cycle, if you will. I I love that with, with what you do, it's seasonal because obviously the big thing is the big leagues and what's happening in the big leagues. But then we also have the college atmosphere to it. And then we even have perfect game and all stuff. Let's go college first. How's the college experience for Rawlings? How do you guys see it with the schools you have? How's that for you? <clears throat> it's it's great, but it's ever evolving. So, you know, a lot of our collegiate advisory staff teams, we have them signed a contract. So it's always a little bit of a guess, you know, is this team going to do well this season? Are they going to fall behind? Um, obviously this year was awful because they didn't have a season. So, um, you know, that was a bit of a bummer, but we've really used our collegiate platform to help launch our bats because that's where our non-wood bats get the most TV airtime, their social media amplification from when the teams and the athletes go and post what they're using. So really have used that as a, a building block to create a bigger, uh, more robust bat business. So, yeah. Lindsay, is Duke the the highest now, the team that's gone the most further, whatever in the past? Is it Duke right now? Yeah, they're they're very uh, much a, a top tier program for us just because of the the name recognition. Um, they've been solid as in terms of performance. They're really good about posting on social media, but there's even some of our our smaller schools. Um, are, are recognizable and do a great job promoting the brand. So it's it's hard to attach your entire hitch to one team or a certain level of, you know, whether it's D1 or D2 or D3. Um, they all serve their purpose and collectively as a group, that's what builds our brand um, versus one or two programs. I think that's where it gets dangerous if you put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Right, right, right. right. But the team is awful one year, you know. So I like saying there's power in numbers and looking at the entire um, class. Yeah. 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 yeah, Lindsay, are you involved in that? Let's say, let's say all of a sudden now, North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina wants the Tar Heels want to reach out to Ron. Are you involved in that conversation when it comes to? 
Do they come to you and say, listen, we're North Carolina's knocking a door or this school? Are you involved in that? Not on the front end. So our sports marketing team, uh, Mark Kramer, who you've worked with uh, and know very well, he handles those conversations from a negotiation standpoint and um, figuring out, you know, the business aspect. Do we have uh, room to sign them? What's, you know, what are the, the assets that we're able to obtain as a result? Once that all gets figured out and signed, then that gets handed off to me to activate. So whether they need an ad for their media program, whether they need the uh, Rawlings hashtags and social media handles, then that's where it comes. That's where I come into play um, once the deals are signed and they need to be uh, activated. Nice. Yeah. Out of the schools that you've been to, which ones do you like of the Rawlings ones? I would say, and, and this is just my pure bias, but of course. Um, I would say Mizzou only because I went to the University of Missouri. So obviously there's an allegiance there, but I helped at that time when I was there. Um, I assisted with their marketing plan. So I think there's that's where it comes full circle for me. Um, you know, seeing uh, on social media, you know, some of their star athletes with that big Rawlings patch on their glove. Right, right, right. A, a nice reinforcement. But um, Virginia has been a longtime partner of ours, so they've always been great to work with. Um, St. John's, um, Kentucky, they do a really great job on social media. So nice. They all serve their own purpose. And some of the smaller schools, too. Um, they, How they is Stetson done? How is Stetson done? Oh, my gosh. So their coach I love working with. And, you know, again, I don't follow their schedules, say, as much as I would Mizzou, who's in our backyard yeah, in Missouri. Right. Um, but I, I follow all of them on social media. I, I do work with people on their team, again, whether they need some sort of marketing deliverable from us. And they've all been so, so great. And like I said, I've, I've worked with their coach quite a bit at, at the ABCA show. Um, he wrote a book and Rawlings is mentioned in it. So, um, yeah, like I said, I love them for all their own own reasons. But all of them have been great ambassadors for a brand to the point where now in contracts, and this is with our pros too, we put those marketing deliverables in in there. You know, you're going to post X amount of times nice. for us. You're going to um, include um, this particular avenue of, of advertising for us. So that's a big part of those negotiations on the, the front end. This year, unfortunately, we were going to do the College World Series, but that got canceled. Have we done that before? Has Rawlings done anything like that before? Yeah, so every year at the College World Series, Rawlings usually has some sort of big presence, whether it's our trailers coming there, whether it's selling on site, um, whether it's allowing people to customize gloves. And we were so excited because you were going to help us with doing interviews and, and um, Instagram live sessions there. But yeah, it, it was a bummer when that didn't happen, but obviously it, it was for the right reasons. So um, I think at those events, Rawlings is expected there. And um, it really is exciting because you get, you get the athletes themselves, you get their siblings, you get parents, you get people who are just there as fans. So um, you're really getting a tremendous amount of, of brand exposure. Lindsay, and then now we bring it down to the perfect game experience because that's yeah. even, that thing looks like it's recession proof, Corona proof, because <laughs> tournaments are on, like they're yeah. on. You know, mm -hmm. how do you feel about that? I'm sure that's almost like a college world series almost happening almost like every weekend. No. Yes, it is. And they're such a, a huge integral part of our 
brand strategy just because they are the best of the best at that high school level. So they're starting, they're, they're well on their way to being a serious player, e- either going to a top college program or, or going pro, perhaps a lot right. of the big name pros hail from that program. So um, I think it's just getting our product on these, uh, the best athletes at their respective level of play. And then it trickles down from there. They go back to their own teams and, you know, showcase the latest, greatest products. So um, they're such great partners. I think that organization is only going to grow in strength and, and recognition. Um, as I mentioned, all the big name pros have have played in perfect games. So um, I expect them to be a continued partner of ours and just um, growing that relationship as, as time goes on. Lindsay, what makes a good marketer, in your opinion? What makes a good marketer? I think... There's a lot of things, but first and foremost, I would say the willingness to adapt and pivot. Um, The consumer's mind is always changing. There's always something cool that's coming out and you have to be willing to change your mindset, um, uh, go a different direction if need be, um, accept that you, or in this case me, doesn't know everything about everyone, far from it. So I think you just have to always put yourself in the mind of the consumer or the audience and um, listen to what they're saying to determine your direction. Lindsay, the computer just dropped or was that your chair? Oh, there we go. Is that better? No, it's perfect. It just, I just, we just saw a drop there. So I was like, oh, oh yeah, I think I hit it with my knee. <laughs> Dude, a, a million, a million things have gone wrong here. I, I created this studio here out of just like trial and error. And I love when something like that happens. What yeah. makes a bad marketer? Is it like staying stuck in the old days? Is that the worst? Yeah, I think so. That or not, uh, not giving time to an effort. So I guess what that means is sometimes it takes time for a certain initiative or uh, campaign to resonate with your audience. And sometimes I see brands both inside our industry and outside of it, um, just throw too many things. So you can't, nothing will stick if you're constantly, um, you know, uh, changing course. So you have to give it, uh, time to settle in, to make uh, a connection with your audience and, um, you know, uh, hopefully see the, the ROI that comes out of that. So I would say being patient and, um, uh, you know, it, it goes back to being a, a good person to work with, too. So there's really not much room in our industry for arrogance. I think everyone needs to be humble. Um, remember that this is a fun thing to do compared to a lot of careers. So I think listening, being humble, being having fun. That's those are the characteristics I think that'll take you far. And when people um don't necessarily abide by that mindset is where they trip up. I totally agree. Lindsay, what's our top selling back? Do you know the numbers? I I do. And I think, you know, it depends on what level you're looking at. If you're looking at the BB core market or, um, you know, a youth market, but let's go BB core, BB core. BB core what are we looking at? I would say, you know, I'd have to, to look at the exact figures, but it's probably somewhere between the Velo and 5150 selling the most units. Um, Let me talk 5150 real quick. Okay. Let me talk to you about 50. That is the most under underestimated bat there is. There's a 30 inch 
I'm going to do a post. I'm going to have a post ready to do this. I'm going to probably add this into it. There's a 30-inch minus three BB core that is so good for kids that are 9, 10, 11 to train on that a lot of people don't know that, that it goes that low to 30-inch. Yeah, you're right. Um, and that's a, a marketing conundrum, right? We need to, to let people know about that. So the 5150 has been a staple in our line for years. And I think that it's just a, a really great all-purpose bat. You don't have to be a certain type of player or have a certain type of swing, per se, to, to be successful with that bat. So um, it's... And good noise. Around. And good noise, too. Yeah. Love the noise. Right? Yeah. A lot I of people uh, comment on that. So... Yeah, that's a, a great one we've had in our line. Um, it was right when South Carolina joined our advisory staff, I think 2010, and they won the College World Series two years in a row, and those were the bats they were using. So, nice. um, yeah, they have a really good track history in terms of uh, great performance. Nice. Are they still with Rawlings or no? South Carolina? Yeah. 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 Nice. That's good. Yeah, they had a tremendous years. Yeah. Their center fielder was a uh, was was with the Red Sox center fielder. Oh wow! I think it was yeah he was uh, he was from there. My old coach at FIU, our bull our pitching coach was their pitching coach when they won back to back to Mark Calvi. Oh wow! So shout out to him. Yeah, great dude, great nice. dude. Top in the youth baseball. What's the top Rawlings bat? I would say, um, you know. I would have to look at the numbers, of course, but one bat that's done really well for us is the threat bat. And I think, again, it's a, a dark horse. A lot of people aren't as familiar with it as they are, say, our Velo or Quattro Pro or even the, the 5150, but it's 100% composite bat. And it's just for the price point that it's at and its performance, it's it's solid and it, it does a, a really great job. So that's really done a tremendous job in terms of sales for us as well. What are the chances that we bring back a 2021 Rawlings prodigy? How, what are the chances that we just upgrade that thing and just <laughs> take over all little leagues? All, I mean, what are the chances? Well, you know, you have a good relationship with Kyle, so um, our bat manager, so we can. We're gonna have to. We're gonna talk that. about that. That technology yeah. with that bat is is sick. Whose idea was to put the warning on that bat? That warning label. You know, I'm not sure. Usually any sort of warning label is mandated by our legal team. Um, just either we've gotten our hands slapped in the past for not having right. it, or it could be new, um, you know, legalities that we are made aware of. So that's my guess is, is where that came from. What sells more on the glove side, pro prefers or heart of the heights? Heart of the Hides, and I think that's because there's so many different series of, of Heart of the Hide. You have the classic um, Heart of the Hide models. You have the R2G series, which has really done a great job taking off for us. Yeah. Um, you have Hypershell. So I, I think there's just more choices within that line. Um, so and it's been around for 50 years. So it has some great uh, equity and, and recognition in that, that series. As we make a pivot now. Let's talk about something that you're super passionate about. Let's talk about dog rescue. Oh. Okay, and rescuing dogs. Yeah. When did you start doing that? When did you know that they were even doing that to dogs? Like, take mm -hmm. me through that. Yeah, that's, that's such a, a, a great question. So I would say about 
Um, and speaking of, here is uh, my rescue dog trying to get in on Is that Apollo? Yes, yeah. Let's put him um, over. Let's see Apollo. Apollo. Oh, he just got back from his walk. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so he's all hyperactive. Um, I would say 10 years ago. So we have a really great um, rescue base here in St. Louis, and I always followed him on social media and whatnot and, you know, donated money. All I have to see is like a sad puppy, you know, and I'm like, just take my whole paycheck. But there was a kid that um, had, uh, I, I think he had, Asperger's and wasn't able to walk dogs by himself. So they were desperate for a volunteer to walk with this kid who really wanted to, to help out. And that broke my heart. So I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything in the mornings on Sundays. So um, I'll sign up. So that's how I got started. And then believe it or not, there's so many marketing opportunities. So going to events and showcasing these dogs. Worst case scenario, I get to sit with a puppy on my lap for a couple hours. Um, but otherwise I'm able to use some of my skill sets that I've used or I've gleaned at, at Rawlings, whether it's talking to people, highlighting the, the quote, uh, benefits of the dog, you know, to potential adopters. Um, and now I, I do a mix of both different events, you know, where dogs can be adopted or just walking them. And I look at it as, hey, if I'm going to exercise, I might as well take a, a shelter dog with me. So um, it's a nice hobby i'm i'm very passionate about it and uh i try to to do my part how's capacity in those shelters are they a lot of dogs is it keeping is there a flow of movement so uh one of the shelters i volunteer at it's it used to be known as city animal control so um they've since branded themselves as care st louis um uh, but they have to take any dog that's surrendered or found in the city and it's no kill so I really respect that. So sometimes nice. the culture will be super packed. Other times, like now, it's almost empty because so many people are home with the quarantine and with COVID that they foster dogs. So I'm actually going up today, later today, to walk some of the dogs that are still in the shelter there. But it's really quiet compared to other times that I've seen it be at full capacity. What's what are the most popular breeds you see in the shelter? Um, usually it's pit mixes. So just because we're in the city, a lot of um, people, you know, uh, tend to go towards that that type of classification of, of dog and, you know, use them for terrible reasons, whether it be dog fighting or because it makes them look tough, whatever it may be. So in the city shelters, we usually see um, pit mixes. And I have a you know, I, I understand the argument where people have uh, some sort of um, uh, misunderstanding of, of pit bulls, but it couldn't be further from, as you know, you know, you see on my yep. photos, yep. I'm constantly like, uh, you know, hugging them, letting them in my face. I've not, knock on wood, never had an issue. So I try to dispel some of those myths and, and rumors out there that um, surround pit bulls. When I was in, uh, when I was in Vegas, that's how I learned about dog rescue. Uh, the number one, the two top breeds were pit bulls and chihuahuas. <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, total opposite because what would happen is people would get, they treat chihuahuas like kids. And then the mm -hmm. chihuahuas would attack the kids or anybody else. And they would get too out of control. So they would just get rid of them. Yeah. And it's the chihuahuas, unfortunately, um, perhaps have a, a higher bite rate. It just, mm -hmm. they don't do as much damage because they're a lot smaller. So yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of learning. Lizzie, did you get Apollo from a shelter? I did. So I was um, 
at a Petco, I would just, you know, on the weekends go there to see all the shelter dogs. I was in no way looking for one just because I was traveling all the time. I wasn't home. Um, but I, I passed Apollo and, um, you know, just felt a, a connection and, uh, he was there from a shelter in a rural county in St, uh, outside of St. Louis, Texas County. And his name was Rodeo. Um, but he was, uh, a very calm little puppy. And I later found out they had given him a Benadryl to make him so chill. So I, I like to say it was a bit of false advertising. He's <laughs> not chill, as you know. Or proper marketing or proper marketing. One of the That's two. Right. That's right. So um, they left certain attributes out of his uh, description, but I want to have it any other way. So um, big advocate for rescue and um, just getting involved with the, the rescue organizations. Can you imagine your life without Apollo? No, I swear. Crazy, uh, huh? It's good practice for having a kid someday. Let me tell you, you are so good at being a dog parent that you pay to have a person take care of him, walk him. When you're on the road traveling, he has a special, I mean, that's yeah. big time. Very few people do that. So yeah. a lot of congratulations for you I for doing that. I hope it's good karma. He lives a good life. He gets yep. dog walker, takes him twice a day for a walk. And now that I'm home, I usually take him on a third walk. He is prescription food so it's it's an expense but uh it's well worth it Lindsay, favorite song your favorite type of music <sighs> yeah i love pop music um you know just anything that's uh upbeat i also love a lot of people don't know this um classic rock so actually going to a pink floyd cover band uh concert tomorrow um in cars it's it's a drive-in concert so nice socially distinct distinct distancing um but yeah i grew up with that much like watching cardinals baseball i listened to you know the beatles the stones i mentioned pink floyd uh tom petty so i really um love that type of music as well i thought you were gonna say nelly but you didn't say nelly, so. oh, nelly. <laughs> of course that's He's your a, guy that's st louis's guy yeah and i think it's his 20th anniversary of his his first album so that's crazy that makes me feel super old yep yep all yeah. of us, all of us what are you looking forward to now that you guys are almost back to headquarters what mm -hmm. are you excited about what are you noticing that's different what's vibe what are you what are you pumped about i'm excited to have baseball back i mean first and foremost it's just it's something to distract us from all the craziness going on around us. Um, I love seeing how much fun these players have. I think that transfers to our lives as well. So um, I like following them on social media. So inherently with the return of baseball, I'm going to be busy again in terms of workload, which I love, um, you know, trying to, to, to juggle all those uh, different balls in the air. So um, yeah, I would say probably most excited about MLB opening day, just around nice. the corner. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the getting into social media mm -hmm. with, with Rawlings and the platforms. How did that start? How did the, that mindset start? How were those conversations? Mm -hmm. Share that sure. with us. Yeah. So it's all happened so quickly and the evolving of social media platforms and you know, it was a hard sell at first. I remember Facebook was really the the leader um, 
when back when we first got into it. And, you know, at that point, it was just one of us, hey, sign us up for a page, throw some pictures out there every so often. It wasn't anyone's sole job to manage our brand on there. So you had all of these different voices, um, no brand consistency, no curated professional quality content. So it's just kind of a uh, an afterthought, if you will. Then our executive team started seeing um, just its relevance amongst a younger audience and said, okay, well, we've got to you know, lead in this category, uh, even though we were somewhat late to the party compared to some other brands. And not only do we need to, to lead there, we need to um, have a dedicated staff to work just on social media. And you know, we're not even scratching the surface. So right, right. Um, it, I think sometimes it's it was a hard sell because it wasn't immediately evident how you monetize it. Yeah, it's great for your brand. Yes, it's going to help build some loyalty and, and advertise your brand. But how does it translate into selling products? You know, I know it, it does and then some. Um, and there's hard figures that you can use in terms of um, conversion rates and do they go to your website after they click on an ad on on social media. So there's a lot of ways to monetize it now, but um, I still think we have a lot of work to do in terms of um, being even more present there and yes. taking advantage of um, YouTube, which we haven't spent a lot of uh, resources on. So right. I, I look at that as a, a challenge and, um, really will be a focus of ours as a marketing team um, in the immediate future. Listen, I can't uh, thank you enough for the opportunity you've given me as the first, I'll say, I always say this, yeah. the first influencer with Rawlings. Yeah. And it's probably 95% you, maybe 5% somebody else, but 95% you, you have supported me you have been there. You have been there when I'm bothering you to collect certain things. We're not going to bring that up, but when I need to collect uh -huh. stuff, it's uh -huh. Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Come on, Lindsay. Come on. Yeah. And I can only imagine what that's like, but I can't thank you enough for the love you've given me and for all the the hours, the the care and all that that you've put into into me. The yeah. coaching thing. So really grateful. Yeah, no, we have a great friendship first and foremost and partnership yeah. and we love how passionate you are i remember i didn't even really get to meet you at the first abca show that you were at was that in indianapolis no it was the one in texas, texas. it was the one yeah. in texas. Just, and i remember being in a bunch of meetings i even have a chance to to get no. a chance to sit down with you so um yeah the rest is history right so we're learning together we're um figuring this thing out but i think um, we couldn't be happier with our, our partnership and awesome. um, you do a great job and I'm looking forward to growing it. Yes. 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 Last question, Lizzie, last question. Any questions for me, anything that I could, any, anything you've thought of, come on, hit me with something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always have questions. Um, who do you got, uh, winning AL and NL this season in the short abbreviated season? It's interesting because I think this is by far the most watched MLB season is going to be this season. Yep. Because 60 games, anybody's a contender. Mm -hmm. One injury goes the wrong way. Something goes the wrong way. And we're like in 
hammer time. We're like in action. My my boy who I played with, he's the first base coach of the Angels. He goes to me, uh, Coach Madden, who's the first year managing the Angels. He goes, all he's worried about is mindset of the players. Mm -hmm. These guys are going to be able to hit. These guys can catch a ball. They can throw strikes. But if they can mentally adapt to living in this bubble, not being able to see family when they're going on slumps, not to being able to see, to go do something different. I think the two teams that can do that, that can really adapt, along with whatever team cheats the most and gets the strike zone. Because <laughs> apparently we thought it was one team, but now there's a lot of teams doing that. So Yeah. Awesome. What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned? Because you've learned a lot and you always talk about how, you know, you, you, you experience so much through failure, right? So what would you say in life has been the biggest lesson you've, you've taken away? Forever. It'll be these three things. And I added the third one recently. The only two things you can control is your effort and your attitude. Lindsay, we first spoke in, and I told us to people, we spoke in January to DM first after I met the CMO of the company. Nothing got signed. Nothing was in till August. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't because of you. It wasn't because of me. We couldn't control anything there. The only two things we can control is our effort and our attitude on everything. And then finally, which is this one's even harder is expectations. Mm -hmm. The managing of expectations is just crazy. As my profile grew till this day, I have people literally tell me, it's like if you told me right now, okay, Hector, you're gonna next year, or right now we come back, we're gonna, you're gonna sit you with, you're gonna sit with Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Yari Molina, okay? And then you never bring that up again. That's hard for people to deal with when their passion is involved in something. And mm -hmm. I think that's what frustrates a lot of people on attacking their dreams, especially young kids or young teenagers and stuff. So in your class, because I forgot we talked about that, you teach a class, you have to talk about managing expectations and controlling what you can control. Yeah, that's great. And, that, and I think that that's in, that's in dating, that's in mm -hmm. sports. That's in dealing with family. Mm -hmm. A lot of time, people with family aren't going to get back the love they deserve. Truth. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. such a good person. You should reserve. You should get, receive every year a karma bonus. <laughs> you should literally get your bank account, give you a karma bonus on being a good person, yeah. on taking care of rescue animals, on being part of big brother, big sister. All these things that you do that a lot of people don't know about unless they follow you because you're on a private thing. You know what I'm saying? Thousands. <laughs> you should receive a stimulus check for being that. Oh, bless you. Right? So, 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 so nice. that's what I think. That's what I think that what I've learned as I'm on this journey still together as I grow now and I still see things is that effort and attitude. That's awesome. That's so uh, universal. Like you said, you can apply it to any aspect of life. Um, last question. What's next for you? What is an area that you want to get into and uh, attack next? Okay. So here, look, here's the irony talking about that. So yesterday I had George Lopez on. Yeah. 
I didn't know because we were backstage. I didn't know that he he told me this. I didn't know that he didn't do so good on stage. Yeah. For yeah. whatever reason, whatever reason was, he didn't do good. But it goes to show you the power of positivity. I grabbed him immediately after. Like literally, he was walking out there. I go, George, real quick for the social media. He's like, yeah. And I start giving him some love. What's missing is people giving people some real love, not corniness, not something that it's like, oh, let me just kiss her butt. Or do, just like real love, you know? But more of this, more of speaking, mm -hmm. and more of just awareness, more brand awareness, and more doing more of stuff like this. I think you're managing expectations really well. And uh, if we can assist with any of your, your goals, by all means, let me know. I'm excited um, now that things are getting back on track to, uh, you know, get back at things. Boom. There it is. Couldn't thank Lindsay enough for giving me the time. Thank you guys for subscribing. I know all of you guys have subscribed. Thank you, everybody that listened. Ask questions. Reach out. Anything you need, I got you. It's your coach. Remember, forever, keep going hard and doing your thing. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.